Hey, is this thing on? Lance, Nick, ready? Can you hear me? Welcome to the Live Free and Hunt podcast. What is up, everyone? Uh, We just want to thank you for all the positive feedback we've been getting from this podcast. If you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or even Podbean and YouTube, uh, hit that like and subscribe button. That would help us out a lot. Uh, Follow us along on Instagram and Facebook and uh, check out what we got going on. Uh, We're going to have some good media this year, and uh, we just appreciate all the support from you all. Uh, Thanks again, everyone. Live Free and Hunt, episode number eight. We had uh, Neil Pendleton on. Um, this podcast is obviously going to be different. Um, we are all trying to do this remote from home, so we didn't have anybody in studio, but Lance. What up? We're all on the phone and, um, you know, social, uh, distance thing. Yeah. I can't even speak tonight. (laughs) Social distancing. (laughs) Yeah. That's how this went. So no, we talked to uh, Neil. We talked about some uh, scouting uh, and trying to locate and pinpoint mature deer. Yeah. So yeah, this is definitely something different for uh, all of us. We're all just you know FaceTiming right now and shooting the shit on the mics. See where this goes. It yeah. Should be good. Uh, I know it's different audio for everybody that's listening, but I hope uh, it's good content. And um, we'll all get the, get through this together. It's uh, I know it's shitty for a lot of people, especially people were got laid off, people staying with kids, trying to do schoolwork, trying to work. Everybody's in the same boat, but yeah, just try to look out for your family, everyone, and uh, yeah. we are we can all do our part, I guess, in this. So we'll get through it together. But uh, in the meantime, we had a great podcast with Neil. And like I said, talked about, you know, locating big bucks, different strategies, maybe thinking outside the box. Um, but yeah, it was fun. Yeah. So give her a listen. Let's get in it. Here Let's we go. It. Boom. deck of cards that loves to lose you don't listen to me and i don't want you to because we sure have fun throwing my money away you bet high i bet low you're all in and i'm all broke another paycheck down the drain all right so we're we're bullshitting about uh old stands um neil uh just kind of go over how you grew up hunting and um i guess you know where you grew up hunting i guess yeah um well i grew up in the maine uh, i grew up uh, hunting with my father and grandfather um, they're the ones that got me introduced to it uh i mean it's you know pretty much i learned everything from my dad um i had started hunting when i was 11 years old uh my dad asked if i wanted to go out when i was 10 because in maine you can start hunting when you're 10 years old I didn't really have the interest in it at that time for some reason. Um, so then he had gone at age 11, asked if I wanted to go out. Uh, so I started, you know, hunting with him that year. And I mean, I just obviously haven't looked back since. 
That's f- wild. Where whereabouts in Maine did you grow up? Uh, I grew up. Uh, the town I grew up in was uh, Belfast in like the Searsmont area, um, Waldo County. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah. So after, what was you said it was ten years old? Yep. So that's when uh, it's when I was able to start hunting. But I didn't I didn't hunt my first year. I started hunting when I was eleven. Yeah. And I went out with my dad all the time. I mean, I was into it and I was hooked on it. Because uh, the opening morning, I went out. My dad shot a buck that morning. I think it was like a hundred ninety-eight pound buck, and I was sitting Jesus. in the same stand with him, and he just happened to turn over his right shoulder and shoot it. And uh, that, I mean, from right there, you know, first morning out, you know, as a young, as a young guy, right, yeah. seeing one go down, it was You're pretty hooked. awesome. Right? Yeah, that's awesome. And it was a giant too. So. Oh man! When did you start getting like? Uh, uh, I don't want to fast forward anything, but I know you've. I've I've heard you on a, a couple of different podcasts. So I don't want to. Uh, you know copy that or whatever but when did you start like obviously you've killed some amazing bucks over the years when did you start just trying to find a buck in the woods and then when did you start you know just that's the buck i'm gonna hunt or is that i don't know i don't know if you do that if is that a thing well i mean i guess kind of how the history played out on that is that you know as i said like my dad my grandfather got me into hunting my grandfather, he was just big on, you know, you know, shooting any deer. He didn't really care about, you know, racks for the most part. Right. My dad, he was always about, you know, trying to get a nice buck. And living in his shadow, he always put me in stands. And so then finally when I got a chance to hunt on my own at age 16, it was like, all right, I can go out and do it on my own now. It's like I kind of want right. to prove it, you know, that I can be successful. And I didn't have a whole lot of luck at first. Um, even when I was making my own choices, I was still going to spots and areas that my dad had set me up with previously. Uh, so then after that, I mean, I'd gotten, you know, a deer, um, every year I started off when I was 11, I shot a four pointer that first year. Um, then I had, you know, a couple of, you know, nice eight pointers over the next, you know, few years. Um, and then really, I think it was when I got into college, uh, that's when I finally had some success on my own. I mean, I had a lot of success kind of on my own, but it was kind of shadowing off what my dad had taught me and areas where he had shown me. Uh, so, and then when I was in college, I went to college at Plymouth State University. Well, it was Plymouth State College the first year. Then I switched over to the university the first year that I was there. Um, so, and then nice uh, woods up there. There definitely is, yeah. It's a little bit of bigger woods. Uh, so, I would always go out for walks with my dog. Um, and it was in this area, like in the Campton kind of holderness area. And so, we, uh, we used to go, like, go for walks up along, like, this one ridge side. So I'd always seen, you know, a lot of nice game sign up in there. And uh, finally, there was, uh, what was it, the night before opening day of rifle season. I didn't bow hunt back then. Uh, that's when I went up on this ridge, found a nice spot, set up a stand. And then I uh, came there the next morning, was sitting in the stand. I couldn't really see that well from up in the stand. So I got down and snuck down the ridge a little bit. And uh, as I'm sneaking down the ridge, all of a sudden I look down and out steps this buck looking back up at me. And I knew right then and there. Oh, shit. Yeah, this is my first 200-pounder. I'm like, it's finally going to happen. And for me, it was a really big deal because I wanted to do that before my grandfather passed away. Right. Because he had always said, out of all of us Pendleton hunters, you're going to grow up to be the best one out of all of us. No, that's wild. uh, So right then, just to see that buck standing there, you know, I pulled up on him, made a shot, you know, put a few follow-up shots in him as he went down the ridge. Um, when I got up to him and put my, you know, hands on his rack and just kind of felt the weight of him, I knew that I'd finally done it. And, uh, that was 209 pounds. So that was the the first day and probably about the first hour I ever hunted in New Hampshire. I finally 
is finally wow. able to, to get Jesus it done. Jesus Christ. I've been trying. Yeah, I've been trying for years. <laughs> so it started off pretty good in New Hampshire. Yeah, absolutely. God. So you grew up hunting mass? Uh, I grew up in Maine. Oh, sorry. I don't yep. know where that, why I said mass. We're talking about hunting, hunting mass earlier, so yeah. Yeah. Yep. Dang. No, yeah, I grew up in Maine, and so then uh, that was the first year that I ever hunted in New Hampshire. I didn't, like, hunt a lot when I was in college. I would go up to, uh, to my dad's cabin up in, you know, up in Maine, uh, hunt up there for, you know, a few days or a week every year. Uh, and then after that, um, in 2010, that's when I really started hunting more in southern New Hampshire because uh, I was living in Merrimack, New Hampshire, and I ended up getting into archery hunting. Well, that's what uh, I was so going to ask you. Yeah. I wanted to have a longer season, more time. Yeah. Um, it really hadn't interested me a whole lot. But then at that point, I said, okay, like, I get a chance to start September 15th versus waiting till you know, essentially November, I think it was. Right. And then after that, um, in 2011 is when I really made a transition to big bucks uh, because I happened to get pictures of an absolute giant. Um, and I'm sure you guys have seen him, the deer that I killed in 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Does, you get, does that deer have a name? There was a nickname associated with it. His nickname was, you know, Daniel. Um, That was from one of my buddies. He had kind of nicknamed him that. Um, I never really necessarily had a name for him. I haven't been huge on naming deer before. Right. But, I mean, that one, I always just called him Big Boy or Plan A or something like that. Yeah. Plan A. He's such a freak. Oh, my God. The video, uh, I'll post, I'll try to post pictures and videos after. And, uh, but the... Just the the video sent of the trail cam pictures and how it all fell through, man, it is fucking crazy. I mean, you look at that deer and you think there's no way that's ever going to be in New Hampshire. And you know, if you want, um, before we get into, I definitely want to get into uh, scouting and shit. But um, I, you've probably told this story a thousand times, but I'd like to. Well, if I post pictures, I'd like I'd like I would like to you know hear the story on that buck. Yeah, um, I mean, that buck, it was pretty much, you know, I happened to, as you said, be shocked as hell that I got pictures of this absolute giant in southern New Hampshire. I didn't expect it at all. Um, you know, I figured you had to end up hunting the big woods of Maine to end up, you know, seeing a deer of that caliber. <laughs> right. And so when I found that deer in southern New Hampshire, it just absolutely blew my mind. And I, mean, I got weak in the knees from the first first trail camera picture I saw. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, the weird thing is, is, it was how many days you hunted him? Uh, so it was 1,490 days. 1,000. So it was a long saga over five seasons, got tons of trail camera pictures, had a lot of close calls. And, I mean, I think that is what really turned me into being successful hunter, is having you know, a buck like that that I could learn from for that long and try to hone in on and try to figure out how to expand the search and, you know, what he was doing and how he acted different than any other deer that was in the woods. Yeah. See, that's what's strange. And I'm, I'm probably going to... You shouldn't have ever gave me your number because I'm gonna pick your brain all the time now. Ever since we had, Ke- I love talking hunter. yeah, every time, every ever since we had Kevin on, he mentioned something, yeah. and it was like, oh, you know what? That makes sense. But yeah, I mean, I, I assume hunting a deer like that. If I had something like that on camera, I would also be just balls to the wall. That's what I'm doing. I'm hunting this deer. That's it, and you know, figuring them out. So, I mean, it, it literally haunts you. It's you know, it's it's an amazing opportunity, and I hope every hunter gets that chance to have, you know, to have the opportunity to even 
think of hunting a buck like that but you know let alone have that much history right but yeah i mean it was it was it was quite an honor it's like and then it's like okay like you can't stop thinking about it i'd be out in july in a boat fishing and all i could do is think about wow this is a giant buck it's like what's he doing doing? right Right, exactly what can i do differently this season yeah now um scouting do you when you start off scouting um when you look do you just go on the map on your phone and uh, look at pieces that way, or do you do some more driving, hiking, or for southern New Hampshire, what would it, what do you usually start off with if you're looking for a new piece? Yeah, um, so with that, I mean, it's really kind of, some of the things you said is, you know, looking at maps, and that's where I start, um, whether it's, you know, just sitting around, you know, in my spare time, whether it's in season, you know, sitting in the stand, uh, you know, I end up just studying maps. Now I use Onyx. I don't know if you guys use Onyx. Yeah. I have in the past. Yep, because um, I'll, I'll look on Google Maps, but I also go on Onyx and just look for all those different areas where it's like, okay, I haven't been here, you know, what, what's there, whether it's pinch points, whether it's, you know, looking at terrain features on a map, um, and then also drive around. So it's getting in the truck, driving over to a spot, and trying to, you know, drive the perimeters to figure out where people could park and trying to find spots that would be hard for people to access because you could have a big piece of woods or even a small pocket of woods and it's trying to say like okay like where could a hunter not go because if a hunter is going to have a hard time getting in there that's more likely to have a big buck that's there right um that makes pretty good sense you know if it's harder to get into then you know you you'll be better off being left alone do you feel like those small pockets of woods hold bigger bucks all the time or is it just you just have to find the right spot i it's tough for me because I've I've never really hunted uh, southern New Hampshire a whole lot, like a, a few times. But I know when I went down there, it's like people driving, you know, doing pushes or drives to the woods. So I could never, I don't know if I'd ever waste the time to put up a tree stand. But the way you're explaining it is like perfect. It's like find that spot that you know that no one wants to go into. So is it is it different if you're, you go into a small pocket of woods, right? you think that people are going to be driving through it or you just walk in, see the buck sign and be like, okay, this is, this is legit. Put a camera up. I mean, so that's where a lot of the spots where I've actually had success have been, they've been in bigger pieces of woods. Um, but they could be in areas where it's like it transitions to those small pockets. So when I look at a map and I dissect it, I'm trying to look at the bigger picture. It's not just like where, okay, I found, you know, <laughs> scrapes and rubs over here, right. um, or I happen to get a picture of a buck. And I think, you know, using cameras and first getting picture uh, pictures of a buck is probably where I start. Um, you know, I mean, obviously I'll walk, walk different, you know, pieces of woods. I'll go ahead and put out cameras, look for scrapes, um, you know, and try to find sign, but then I'll also try to look and see, okay, where is there not, you know, other tree stands, where's there not other hunters. And then I'll also try to look for, it's like, is there a bunch of houses along this road that there isn't a spot to pull over and park unless some guy is going out of his backyard, which if that's the case, I'm probably going to find a stand somewhere close you know, right. to, to where his house is. He may have other stands that have branched out from there, but at least when you kind of walk the perimeter of a piece of woods, you know, if it's a big square, well, don't just cut into the middle and start walking around. I'll literally just do a circle on the outside of that square first, or I guess the inside of the square, I guess. Just to and then from check there, I'll for... kind of learn what the perimeters look like, and then I can say, okay, if there's too many people that are hunting there, just go to another spot. Or it's, okay, I'm seeing, you know, good sign here down in this corner, but I'm looking at the map, Sometimes if it's during the season and I don't have a lot of time and I just want to try to find a new spot to maybe set up and hunt, uh, what I'll end up doing is I'll look at 
where that one square branches off and has a finger that may connect to another piece of woods. Because that's going to be so a when it gets, area from one piece of woods with a crossing a road coming into another piece. So when it gets pressured with all yep. with everything, that's the that's the escape route. That's the that's where they're going to be heading. Yeah, I mean it could be it could be for pressure. It could be just for changing food sources. It could be because they're bedding in one area, coming to feed at another. They're going to check on different doe groups. Yeah. But that's one thing about you know mature bucks is they have you know for the most part, a decent range where they travel. And I think that's where back in, you know, 2011 with that, you know, first buck um, that I learned so much from that was, you know, for him, it was, I focused on that one spot where I got pictures of him and I got tunnel vision and that screwed me for, you know, the, probably the first season or two of hunting him. Cause that's the only spot where I ever wanted to hunt him. I didn't want to leave that one stand. No, I hear you. Know, you. We, camera. it's fucking crazy. You say it because we, we you did know, the we same thing it. and we do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's we like, tunnel vision on. You, you see him in, in the, uh, you know, bear season-ish, you know, maybe before archery season a little bit, summertime pictures, then all of a sudden you're like, uh, well, you know, you don't, you don't see pictures of him. Well, he's got to be here, and then he'll make like a appearance here and there, and then be gone. But like you're saying, I know, um, I know I can think about food sources and a food, uh, it's, it's happened to me every year. You know, I've been, you know, in in a stand being like, all right, well, he, I've, I have pictures of him, in, you know, a week ago, he was here. But then it goes back to, you know, well, there's no acorns here. Or like, what, <laughs> what, what the fuck? Where did it go? All of a sudden, he's gone, you know? And I know summer patterns change, and, you know, it, it's not the rut that's happening. But for whatever reason, he never comes back. You know, and we have, what, three... Three good bucks that have done that. Yeah, that, that, I that. Yeah. Don't know if we have a picture of them this year, but how? I guess when you're looking into a place and you have a summertime pictures of a buck, um, what do you think that is? Is that like where he's going to hang out most of the time? And then what happens when the food source changes? And then come hunting season, what do you do? Yeah, so that I mean that's a really good question. I think that's where. I mean, so if you're talking that if there's a deer that I have history with, right, that changes everything because, if, you know, if I happen to get, you know, velvet summertime pictures of a really, really nice buck, yeah. um, then it's like, okay, like he's probably not going to stay there. I mean, we've all seen they move and they shift, right? Once once that velvet comes off, they usually go somewhere else or they start, you know, bopping around all different places. Mm -hmm. So they're probably not going to stay right there. So I almost, if I find like summertime velvet pictures unless it's within that first kind of week of the season which i haven't been good at i mean the earliest that i've killed a mature you know giant buck has been october 4th that one that i you know killed at the beginning of this this hunting season yeah um so it's one that i mean i've started to get better in the early season i've had you know what i feel you know like good enough close calls now that i'm starting to build up confidence there but it's because of the fact that i hadn't figured out those early season food sources are kind of where they transition to um but yeah i mean i don't really count that that's where they're going to be so that's where, when it comes to cameras, you can, as I said, you can kind of draw a radius around it, whether it's two miles, three miles, five miles, the bigger the woods, the bigger the range. Um, I mean, like, for instance, the buck that I killed uh, with a rifle in Maine this year, um, one of the guys we know that hunts up there, he had pictures of that same buck, a straight line nine miles away the season oh, before. Jesus. So he's not even yeah, in the so same he's area. A big area. He's yeah. just, he's hanging out wherever the hell he wants to. Well, I mean, that was the year before. If somebody had gotten pictures of him and said, okay, like, you know, I have a picture of this buck, you know, I want to hunt him, 
well, he was freaking nine miles straight line. I mean, right. he had to go around lakes and over mountains and ridges and all this other shit yeah. to go from one point to another. So it's one of those that in the bigger the woods, the bigger the ranges are. So it's really hard to hone in on it. But the annual patterns, that is one thing that I've noticed with hunting, you know, a couple of these bucks for many, many <clears> years <throat> that they're going to do almost the same thing almost every year within, you know, within a couple of days, usually even. So we, we, we ran into that same scenario is, uh, the buck that we were hunting and all of a sudden he, you know, is popped off. He's gone. We moved down to a lower piece into a swamp. I put a camera out because it was just tore up in there. And then all of a sudden it's like all the bucks that we had that were maybe a mile, two miles down the road were all of a sudden when the leaves dropped there we got some of the same bucks potentially on that camera and it's like they they just flock to this 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 place so it it blows my mind trying to play the game of you know hide and seek with these fuckers because because <laughs> i never win yeah, you know so, it's tough and that's where i mean it is true it's like you know that once you start to put those pieces of the puzzle together, you start to learn stuff through experience. It does get you know easier. That is right. one thing that I'll say. I mean, because I look back to you know, as you said, I've been on some other podcast. It's like when I killed that buck in 2015. Like back after killing him, what I knew then is like it seems like you know a long ways away from what I know now. Right. Just, just because of what experience. I've learned since then, when it comes to how to apply stuff, it's yeah. like. So, I mean, even, you know, when it comes to, you know, it's like, um, I mean, one thing that I, you know, I kind of, you know, thought about is that, you know, we talked about the seasons, right? Yeah. It's like, you have like, you know, the early season you have, you know, it's like October. Um, then from there, it's like, you know, when I feel like in October, they talk about the lull sometimes it's usually just cause bucks are staying more like in their safe zone during that, during that time, you know, the time of the year. And they're kind of ramping up before, you know, the rut starts and they yeah. start, you know, laying, laying down all kinds of scrapes and rubs. And that's when obviously the rut, that's when, you know, obviously bucks are vulnerable and most guys shoot them it's during the rut time frame. Yeah. So that's where I try to find, you know, it's like year after year, if you can find, you know, good rut stand locations, because that's where the bucks are going to come. And, it, you know, there's going to be a group of does there. So this is the other thing that if you're trying to target on hunting like big bucks, if that's someone's goal, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, you know, we kind of touched base is that I think for anyone setting goals is really important. Yeah. You know, if, if you say, Hey, you know what? I want to shoot a giant buck. It's like, well, you're actually willing to put in the work to try to go and do it. Um, I don't know how many times I ask myself, it's like, okay, well compared to someone else out there that could be hunting the same deer, what am I doing that this person may or may not be. And you have to think about like, you know, you have to put in more work than that person. Plus you also have to, you know, this deer is living in those woods. So you have to try to step up your game in every way to learn where he's, you know, where he's living and what he's doing. But those rut stands is where it can become easier because year after year, you know, that's where bucks are going to be because it's usually coming in after the does. It's wild you say that, like, um, that where we moved our camera and it was like, it was a, what do you think, Lance, a week's time period where it was just deer. Are you talking about the first year or the second year? The, the second year. I went, I went into with Kylie for a youth hunt and that's how I found this spot. Yeah, but we put a camera out there, and it was like the first week or two, it was just deer, deer, deer coming through, big bucks yeah, coming through, coming through, too, yeah. and I let it sit out there for a week, a week and a half before muzzleloader season, and came through and checked the card, and I was like, whoa, what are we doing? All right, now we're on to something, <laughs> yeah. but it was, 
I don't know if we put a camera out this year or what the deal was, but I know we hunted it and we hunted it hard that piece and we probably messed it up. We probably blew it up. But like so you're, that's one thing I was going to say though, right, right there on that note is if you find a rut spot, stay the fuck out of it. Like the rut spots that I have, I won't go and hunt those until it's like usually about a one week window. Cause I know, I mean, within a matter of, I pretty much have it narrowed down to like a five day span in a couple of my spots. I mean, you know, one day in particular, November 7th, the last two years in a row, I've killed nice bucks on November 7th out of that same piece of woods. And it's like, I won't even go there now until it's like, you know, November. It's like, I won't even step foot in there. I mean, I'll put cameras ahead of time, right. but I stay out of there because it's it's not even worth it for what I'm trying to kill. They won't be there till the exact certain time frame. So oh, okay. then you're just educating all the deer in there. So that's why it's got easier and easier for me to kill, you know, a nice buck, you know, out of some of these spots year after year, right. simply because I, I stay out of there. So that yeah, we screwed ourselves there. But I think that there's something to that. Like what you're saying is, you, it's gonna, I don't know. Like uh, I think we went in there, we blew it up, and then all of a sudden there was like you know there was there was it went all nocturnal. So yeah, the sign. I was no deer started disappearing though, like they were heading to another piece right, or something. Right. Yeah. So we blew it up that way. On. Are you hunting when you say rut sign? Are you hunting like are you hunting off scrapes? Are you hunting uh, rub lines? Or are you, how's that work? Yeah. So when I was thinking about, you know, stuff to talk about, you know, before we, you know, before we did this podcast and when I'm kind of you know making notes and thinking about, okay, how am I going to talk about stuff and how am I going to explain it? When I started really looking and identifying the success that I've had, I mean, I don't know what percentage, but I'd say almost all of the big bucks that I've killed have been around or over scrapes. Okay. Um, I got a question for you. So say, you know, summertime, sorry to, Kind of flop back yeah. and forth, yeah. but uh, I know we're talking about the rut. But say summertime, you find a new piece. All right, you got that one picture, or you know, you get a week straight of decent pictures of one deer, one nice mature deer you'd like to kill. Now, where do you see yourself drawing, uh, drawing yourself to? Like what cover? Now you now you're looking for the rut spot or whatever. Are you looking to go towards the oak ridges? Like what? What's your next step after you find that one deer? So I and a think, new piece. Yeah, so I think that's where I mean I guess to not to not not answer the question, but I guess so for me first, usually there's gonna be bucks because I run so many cameras that I'll have had from previous years, right? Okay. So so those are the bucks that I'm going to, you know, at, at that point already have information and, and, and intel on. Well, no, I may not necessarily hundred percent target them. I mean I am gonna be targeting them, I guess. But like that's where it's like I have information on them. So if I do find a new buck somewhere else I may not be worried about screwing up that piece of woods or, you know, or busting that buck out of there because I don't know anything about him yet when I have information on other bucks. Okay. So at that point, I'll go all in trying to, trying to learn like that buck's area and trying to, you know, the, the circle radius around it, trying to learn as much information as I can. So I may end up screwing it up to where, you know, he's now been informed that I'm after he's him. Or there. There's a presence in his woods. Yeah. Whether he's out of there or if he just smartens up and he's really cautious. Um, so that's where for me, it's a, it's a learning process for that deer during that, during that, you know, during that time of the season where I'm going to really probably put my, you know, time and effort with bucks that I've had from previous years. And that, those are the ones I'm going to hunt. Okay. Okay. So uh, yeah, I see what you're doing then. Yeah. And then sometimes I do find a buck during, during the season though. Um, you know, if I happen to put a camera out somewhere and like, holy shit, where'd this guy come from? And so from that standpoint, it could be in the right spot where it's very easy, you know, to go ahead and kill this buck. Like, I don't know, like you guys were saying, you had pictures, you know, of, you know, of bucks that were moving during daytime last season, right? 
Yeah. So it's like you guys could have potentially, you know, been in the right spot and right. killed those deer within that first week because you were there at the right time. Um, so that's where a lot of times when you get, you know, pictures on trail camera, that stuff's already happened. So they could still be there, but more likely they're probably going to be moving out of that area soon, you know, and going somewhere else. They may come back. It's like, but they're usually only in certain areas at certain times throughout the season where there's, you know, like a few like days or a couple of weeks sometimes where it's hot because everything changes, whether it's food, whether it's does going into heat, you know, it's after the rut goes over and now they're spreading out, checking other doe groups in different areas. So there's so much stuff that can change throughout a season. It's tough, man. It's tough. So it's a big chess game. Yeah. It is. Oh, it's huge. God. It's the luck of the draw. What day? Fucking drives me crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. It's like, well, that's the like uh, the beginning of this season. That buck, that uh, the one I called the big six, that was actually a big yeah. pointer. Uh, so that buck, I got pictures of him back in 2013 for the first time, and so I had seven seven seasons of history with him. Uh, I didn't hunt him. Smokes. Yeah, I didn't hunt him for all seven seasons because after that other big buck that we talked about. Yeah. Um. And uh, so, I mean, because that one, he ended up scoring, what, it was 192 inches. So, of course, it's like, I'm putting all my marbles in for him, right? <laughs> right, so, yeah. So, yeah. So, back when I got pictures of this other buck, he was young. He was two and a half years old. So, in 13, he's two and a half. Uh, you know, in 14, he's, you, you know, three and a half, four and a half. So, then in 16, I kind of dabbled in him a little bit more. He was one of my targets. Um, but there was another buck that I'd called Dr. Jekyll. Um, that I was after, I was after that deer. Cause he was definitely in the 150 inch, you know, caliber deer. Um, so he was real nice. So he disappeared in 2017. So that's when I switched back to the big six being my main focus was in 2017. Um, so then after hunting him quite a bit in 2017 and 2018, I went all in, I ended up arrowing him, but I didn't end up finishing the story. Um, you know, I had, I hit, I had a shot that was, you know, through his back strap it was a high shot he ended up living luckily um he recovered and so then you know going into this season i was i was all in for him and you know for the 2019 season i had said there's no way in hell i'm not killing this deer it's like it was i mean i knew going into the season it's game time it's chance. game time yeah. now yeah. yeah i mean i told a couple of close buddies i'm like this deer doesn't stand a fucking chance like, yeah he's walking around with my tag on like i don't care because <laughs> i have all this you know i have all this history with him i know what he's gonna do i should have killed him you know a few different years already yeah but now i'm stepping up my game and i'm learning every everything about the area even more going into those little pockets i'd never been into before and so i just kept stepping it up to where the the first um two weeks of the season so um, the season obviously starts on September 15th. Yep. I killed him on October 4th. In that time span, I had daylight pictures of him moving in the afternoon that I could have killed him seven times. Wow. I mean, you just weren't in the stand. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was just a matter of, okay, I know he's going to be between these two or three different spots, and every time I picked the wrong spot... And I started using cell cams this year for the first time. Yeah. And, I mean, by the way, on that note, I love how New Hampshire's law is for the cell cams. Um, about how... You yeah, what is the legality of it? So, you, Just to make... It basically says you can't hunt, like, any any animal the same calendar day as receiving pictures. Okay. So, what that, you know, kind of means to me is that at the end of the day, I had my camera set, you know, to send to me at 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. Um, and that's when I'd see, okay, like this is what happened, you know, for that day on all the cameras I had out. So of course, every night it was, you know, eight 30 at night, I get notifications, there's pictures. And I'm like, you know, was I right? Was he going to be at one of these two or three spots? Fuck. I'm like, I sat the wrong stand. <laughs> you oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it also builds confidence. Cause it's like, you knew that like I was doing all the right stuff. I just wasn't in the right spot. Right. Then, yeah. 
I knew that it was just a matter of time for, you know, the percentages to catch up and finally be in the right spot at the right time. Um, so then, you know, with that deer, there was a spot, there was a north wind. He had been coming to this one scrape. I knew he was going to leave this bedding area. It was near where I, you know, got an arrow in him the year before. And so I just learned that he's going to pretty much get out of this bedding area. He's going to walk to this scrape. And I had gone in there on uh, a Wednesday. It had rained that day. So I'd gotten out of work, uh, ran home, grabbed a stand, went in there in the rain, hung, hung the stand, um, and then went back in there and hunted it that, that Friday night, climbed up in my stand. And literally, like, I was taking pictures of them before I climb in my stand, you know, like, cause I just know it's going to happen tonight. It was, yeah, this is, this is the day. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I love walking in and you're like, you just got a feeling. It's like, oh, it's happening today. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's happened. It's happened. Yeah. I mean, it's, I can pretty much like call it now. I mean, to some of my buddies are like, they're like, get out of here. I mean, right. <laughs> there was uh what was it? Was it last season or the season before? Um, there's actually like, I posted it on Facebook. There's a picture of uh, me and a buddy were sitting around on another friend's couch and like, I'm showing him like the pictures of the buck and like my, their other friend, he took pictures of us. It was, uh, it was Ryan Brokes who took the picture and then Ryan Paris, like he's the one who runs New Hampshire, New Hampshire deer hunting. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so he's sitting next to me, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to kill this deer t- tomorrow, or it was either tomorrow or the next day, and he's, like, looking at me like, you're fucking kidding yeah, me. Yeah, go like, no. fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, I'm going to go kill this deer, and it just ended up happening, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. That's funny shit. <clears throat> to get back, uh, circle back to uh, scouting, I know we got off topic a little bit, but yeah. um, so, so like, starting now, right, you're going into a new piece or maybe a piece you've hunted previously, Um what exactly are you going in? Are you looking for that's going to, you know, make or break your decision that like, I want to put hang a camera here or I want to, uh, you know, put a stand up here or, you know, I'm going to hunt this, this, this year. So, yeah. So, I mean, I won't usually like hang a stand and I mean, I also do for early, early spring I'm saying like, so, so now is like, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, so with that, I mean, I'm just going in, going into spots and trying to figure out where there's a lot of buck sign, like where there's a lot of like rubs, where there's a lot of scrapes, um, then I'll, you know, end up probably it's like in, you know, July probably is when I'll go out. Um, cause I do spend a lot of time in June fishing for, for lake trout. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of distracted that time of year. Um, oh, and then starting in July, that's when I get the cameras out cause the racks have developed. Um, you know, they're already showing, you know, what you need, what you need to see at this point to know whether they're going to be worth hunting in my opinion. Um, so that's where then I'll get the cameras out in July and then, in those spots you've said okay there's a lot of buck sign here it looks like there's got to be you know a mature buck in this area but there's not that much sign there for no reason um then when i get those cameras out then i can find and confirm that okay yeah there is something in here i want to hunt and the way i do that is i run a shitload of cameras um, yeah what, so how much like, you know, how much do you run in like a spot uh, in a piece uh, so that's the, so all right that's a hard question to answer because <laughs> it depends on am i am i going all in on on a deer right 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 but it's like i run I think I have, fuck, I have up to, I think, like, 40 cameras, probably. Holy shit. Yeah. So, you run through some, how many of the uh, spy, points. spy points or whatever camera you run do you have? Uh, so, I have, I have 10 of those. You have 10, all right. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of just, you know, I kept buying more and more last year as the season went on. Yeah, well, um, you can see how they work out, so. Oh, man. You can, you can utilize them like crazy. Yeah, and I think, I mean, the biggest advantage to to having those cameras, I mean, yes, there's the whole thing that can be said is you're not putting scent down in the woods, is you don't have to be invasive. For me, the hugest advantage to having cell cams 
is you don't have to spend time going to check them. Right. It's, Correct. Yeah. So you can you can actually hunt more. It's like from that standpoint, some people have said like, oh, it'll make it easier. It's like, well, no, I can actually enjoy myself going and hunting, knowing I don't have to choose between checking cameras this afternoon or, or this day and yeah. going somewhere and scouting or hunting. There's so been a million. Also... <clears throat> there's been a million times where I've gone out, sat a stand, and been like, all right, when I'm done sit on this sit. If I get down at 11 or whatever, I, whatever, I have to be home, I'll, I'm going to check that camera. I check that camera. There hasn't been any activity in the last week. You know what I mean? Something like that is huge because I know I wouldn't have to waste my fucking time sitting in the stand that there's been no activity for in, in a week. Yeah, correct. Yep. I mean, I mean that's a, but then again, too, that's where it also could be if that you have a good feeling about that spot. It could mean you have an activity for a week that, you know, tomorrow is going to be the day when it's right. right yeah. too. Right? Yeah. So it's this whole game. Yeah, right? you can't win. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, but that's where having, you know, more cameras out, I can, you know, gain more information. So right. there still is, I mean, a lot that, you know, are just regular cameras. You have to check them. But by having them out there in the woods, I can gain that information and say, okay, is there a buck that I want to go and hunt? Mm-hmm. Because the hardest part of killing a big buck, in my opinion which is different from somebody who hasn't necessarily done it like a good amount of times. It's finding one. Like, right. I mean, staying <laughs> on it and staying on that deer. Yeah. Well, just but snagging I mean, but, one picture of it. Well, I mean, yeah, but first it's actually just even getting one picture. I mean, oh, finding okay. like, I mean, so a big that. caliber buck, it's like, isn't, isn't that easy? I mean, you only get like a handful, you know, of, you know, of pictures. It's like, are in different spots where it's like, okay, this is, you know, a giant buck that like, you know, you really want to, you know, put your time and effort into. There could be a mediocre buck, you know, that's, you know, you know, nice, let's say, you know, three and a half year old. Cause for me, it's like, I kind of consider like, what's, what's starting to be considerable for me would be like, I don't even want to say three and a half anymore. It's like, it's, it's usually four and a half or, or older. Um, it's kind of where, where, and if I had by choice, I would wait till five and a half or six and a half. Yeah. Um, so it kind of depends on what other options that you have, but I mean, to find, you know, three and a half, you know, plus or older deer, it's, it's not, it's not always that easy to get pictures no. of. Well, not so e- to... And not in New Hampshire either, depending on where you're going to hunt. If you don't know if there's going to be a drive coming through or you put all this, like all your eggs and I feel like we've, and <clears throat> we're getting off topic again, but fuck it. It's fine. <laughs> you know, put all your eggs in one basket, you know, right? Yeah. And we're gonna hunt this deer, and we're gonna do this, 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 this. We, we hunt a big piece though, too. There's it's a, lot a giant. Of, it's a giant piece yeah, of woods. Just a, it's a huge fucking piece. So. But you still, it's public land, so people can still come up hiking. Yeah, they can come do whatever like they want to do, and yep. you know, not saying it wasn't us that blew up that spot, or, or you know, why we haven't shot it yet. But so I mean, from from that standpoint, one thing that you said though is like having a piece of woods. It's like I mean. I mean, I, I mean, because right now it's like, I mean, I hunt Southern New Hampshire, but I have shit. I mean, it's got to be like three kind of main main areas that I go to, but within those spots, yeah. there's a lot of spots in those spots, right? Right, right. Um, but then it's like I'll have like, you know, other cameras running or other spots that I'm looking at. So it could be, you know, six, seven, eight spots in one season just in Southern New Hampshire that I'm kind of targeting and checking out. And then it's like, you know, I could be jumping over the border, going down in a mass. Obviously, I spent a lot of time scouting up in Maine, too, mm-hmm. you know, checking out, like, you know, up around my dad's cabin is up there, you know, but it's different because that's really big woods. So it's you're not necessarily targeting certain bucks. You're just trying to learn different terrain features and go in and check stuff out. Right. Um, and then obviously pray for snow so I can do some tracking. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. Right. That doesn't always happen. So if not, it's yeah. trying to figure out where to put stands where you're pretty much just waiting it out. You know, it's like you're finding a spot where, you know, if you sit there long enough, there's going to be a giant that's going to come through eventually. Right, yeah. If if you go into, um, uh, 
so you go into a spot and you're looking for sign. Um, are you basing your buck sign off like two year old, three year old sign rubs? You know what I mean? Or is it just strictly the, you know, past years rubs that you're looking for? Uh, so yeah. So with that, I mean, have you guys heard of the term signpost? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so I'm going to put probably more, more attention into trying to find like signposts because rubs, yeah, it's, I mean, you don't know if that deer is made by, you know, an, an old buck or, you know, or a young buck. If it's just rubs that are just thrown down everywhere, it, yeah, there, there's a lot of those that are out there. So it's, it's well, you can, really you can, uh, sorry to interrupt, but you can see like on the, you know, little pines and little spruces, whatever, like the, you know, it's almost like aggravation or, you know, frustration rubs, like kind of yeah. Hal talked about, but then you were come up to a you know, sapling that's, you know, five inches in diameter and ripped up. I'm like, all right, well, I feel like that's a buck that's been, is, is, is hitting that, but I don't, I don't know because unless I have a camera on there, I don't know. So, yeah, and then I mean, and then normally I wouldn't really put cameras on rubs for the most part. Anyways, I'm gonna put cameras on scrapes. Okay. Um, whether it's whether it's a scrape that I found, and then too, so it's trying to also look at and find um, not just a scrape, but a scrape that has a nasty licking branch over it. I mean, I don't know if you've, I don't know how much time have you guys spent a lot of times with scrapes and really trying to learn scrapes and kind of identify different oh, primary scrapes. Yeah, I've, I've, we've. I've made mock scrapes. I've looked at scrapes. I've been, you know, I've seen scrapes that are almost like a, a hood of a trunk of a, I mean, a hood of a but car. I see what you're saying, Neil. Have you spent a lot of time looking at the branch, though? No. I mean, I can see when it's tore up and ripped down, but I haven't, I guess I haven't paid when, much when attention you, you to that. branch that there's an end off, it looks like it's fucking exploded, like it just splintered at the end of it. Yeah. yeah. That's what they're using for their, for their orbital gland, that they're putting down scent in that if you just see a scrape where we just digged up the we dug up the ground yeah and like there's just you know like a hemlock let's say branch there and there isn't part of it that's like messed up and like there isn't like a branch broke off and yeah. Like, yeah yeah it's all mangled at the end that's probably not necessarily like a really heavily used like mature buck like com- like i guess community for our primary scrape like okay um, yeah you're gonna have all what kinds of now. activity yeah, yeah when you find those scrapes you're going to have, I mean, you're going to have does there standing on their hind legs, getting their head up in it, like stretched up. I mean, almost jumping, like to get their head up in it. You're going to have all kinds of deer where you can leave a camera there year round. And you're just going to see deer after deer after deer come through there. Just come check it out. Even summertime. There's nothing oh, yeah, to do yeah, with yeah. the rut. They even just, summertime, yeah. They want to come check like it out. It's almost like a signpost. It's almost like a signpost, but a scrape. It's right. just going to be keep, that's going to be a heavily trafficked scrape with that broken yeah. branch all yeah, tore so- up. So that's what, I mean, a lot of times I'll look for, you know, not only to potentially hunt over, but to get pictures. Um, I mean, that's where that's I'll a good run point right there. That's a good tip. Yeah, I mean, I'll run a lot of my cameras on, on those scrapes to try to go and figure out, you know, what's in the area. And then from there, it's like, I guess kind of one of the other things to, you know, kind of get back to the whole scouting thing and trying to figure out those pieces of the puzzle. It's, it's always asking yourself why. Like, okay, why did I jump this deer wherever it was? okay, when I got a picture of it, where was it coming from? Where was it going? Why was it doing that? And I don't know how many times it's like I've talked to people and like, oh, I got a picture of this giant buck. Like, you know, I'd love to kill it. I've had pictures of it for three years. And it's like, okay, why'd you get pictures of that deer there? They look at me like, what do you mean? Yeah, he was, like, he was fucking rutting. He came through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a picture of him. Like, you know, it's like, well, that's why. Yeah. It's like, well, no, like, why did he walk by your camera? Like, what was the date? Was it, you know, was it nighttime? A lot of times it is, right? I mean, and of course it's like, well, was it right after, you know, it got dark at? Was it right before it got light in the morning? Or was it at midnight? It's, and then then if I'm getting still a blank look, it's like, all right, you kind of need to step back. And if you want to kill that buck, you need to start asking why. 
why is it doing this? It's like, you know, if you have history on a deer, look at all those pictures and say, like, okay, it's like, you know, where is it going? Why is it going there? What time is it? You know, and trying to figure all that stuff out. What was the wind direction when that stuff happened? Because um, that's all stuff that you need to look at because if it's, you know, leaving a bedding area, well, is it leaving it on, you know, a west wind, on a north wind? Um, is it a random wind bed? Could it be an east wind? Because I've literally found correlations a lot of times that, like, you know, deer will go to a certain scrape or come through a certain area with those wind directions. Mm. And it could be whether it's in the evening leaving or going back to in the morning. So by trying to, like, figure that stuff out, it's not just a matter of, oh, like, there's this buck, you know, and what is he doing there? Well, no, where is he going? Why is he going there? Where is he coming from? Where was he previously? And trying to figure out those other pieces, I guess. Right. Pieces of the puzzle. Jesus. Jesus Christ. I mean, well, and it makes common sense, right? I mean, yeah, no, no, no. It makes perfect sense. No, it's like, yeah, but, but when you, you know say it, though, it's don't. almost like, yeah, it's like, wait a minute. Why didn't I think of that before? Yeah, like, you, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. you just said that, I'm like, fuck. And we never really even looked at that. You know, we I didn't. Just, we don't. You know, I don't look at wind and I don't look at. I try to match up pictures and I try to do match up times and like why and how come. Right. But I don't get that in depth with it, I guess. I don't know and, why. I mean, cause but it's that like, was such so, a common sense thing of like, you just nailed it right on the button. It's like, yeah. oh shit, you know. If they're coming from this direction on this camera, then they're leaving on this wind, then you can almost right. put, if you, know, if you get a certain amount of pictures together, you can almost just kind of figure that shit out. Yeah, I mean, and again, I mean, you can figure it out, but then it's still actually having it happen is obviously the hard part, right? Right, right. But when you start figuring that stuff out, okay, like why is he doing this stuff? Because... I mean, mature buck, they're different than any other deer that's out there. I mean, they yeah. literally, they don't like other deer for the most part. I mean, a lot of the bucks that I've killed, they haven't been with those. They're not trailing, you know, entailing a doe. Um, even during what you'd consider the rut time, oftentimes they're not with a doe because they're not going to go to her until it's like prime time. I mean, right. they would almost know down to the hour where they're still lurking back in the shadows. The other bucks will be chasing her around. I mean, I've seen some amazing, you know, it's like rut activity where you got bucks chasing each other, grunting, you know, coming back and forth. I've seen three bucks like fan out across the swamp, you know, descending upon a doe and they're playing this game cat and mouse. And all of a sudden oh, here shit. comes this other giant just stepping out of the shadows. He shows his presence and I'm like, hey, I'm here, boys. And they just run off their tails tucked between their legs and just, you know, beat it out of there. Fuck. But so, so it's, it's one of those, though. It's like to, you know, it's like to try to go and say that, okay, okay like if, if a buck of that stature usually isn't even with a doe it's like they're doing stuff that's completely different than all these other deer and they're doing it with a purpose i mean they're they're living and moving to to stay alive so you have to try to figure out look why are they doing these things it's like where are they coming from where are they going it's like is it um like you know is it on a ridge because i'm assuming where you guys probably hunt um yeah in in your area yeah Yeah, there's a lot of i know there's a lot of big kind of ridges and mountains yeah 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 it's exactly the terrain yeah it's like sprucey we'll have like good transitions if you know you know real ridgy it'll be swampy it's almost like the perfect scenario because you have swamp you have slut cut hardwoods and then you have like real sprucey kind of like softwoods and it's like the the mix is you couldn't ask for a better mix you know what i mean so where we're looking you gotta yeah, we just gotta figure out looking. I, it's just a big, it's a giant picture. piece of wood. So I guess that's what's tough. Yeah. But yeah, and then I mean, it's thinking about like, okay, if it, you know, if a deer is trying to walk through this piece of woods, how are they gonna do it? You know, in a way that they're gonna, you know, try to survive and live. And it's like thinking about things like not only prevailing wind directions, thinking about the thermals. It's like, is there water? Is the, you know, are the thermals gonna be rising or pulling down towards that body of water? 
Um, obviously, when walking on a ridge top, are they on like you know the I guess like the wayward side of it because the wind could be blowing up and over the top, right? It's like if you got a ridge, it is. And that wind's coming up and over the top. It's like, well, they want to be able to see looking down one side of the ridge, but then they want to be able to smell what's on the other side. Right. Yeah. So it's like <clears throat> they have, they, they, they know what's going on on both sides of that ridge. They can see and hear on one, but smell the opposite side. Right. So they're safe walking that whole entire, you know, ridge line. They're so it's like, correct. And it'll be, it'll be different in the morning versus the evening. So it's like those, you know, things too, you start to kind of learn after a while once you start to hunt, you know, certain, you know, the certain areas. Right. God damn. All right, so the scrapes, I know you knocked those out. You don't think, you don't, you personally don't think those are just all nighttime? Oh, no, no. Okay. All right, I will just, I had to get that off my chest. I just want to make sure. Yeah, no, I mean, these are all, these are all great questions. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, because I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I, you know, try to do my research, and I've been hunting for a long, long time. But just... Like you said, like, uh, you know, you go hunting and they go in the woods and for the last, you know, forever, I've been like, if I see a deer, then, and I'm happy if it's an antlered buck, you know, I try to better myself every buck I shoot, but, uh, I've haven't picked out a buck and we've had uh, multiple times too. It's just, I guess when it comes down to time and research and, you know, trying to pattern it, it well, just, it doesn't you know, work out. Time is the biggest thing between work and family time and stuff right. like that. Yeah. So. That's yeah, I mean, and, and that's one thing there. I mean, you know, that, that I've, you know, kind of created, you know, a life, you know, for, for me, it's like with, you know, the job that I have, I can hunt, you know, pretty much every day. I mean, for the that's five awesome. bucks that, that I killed this year, I worked the same day that, that I killed, that I killed these bucks, you know, whether it was I hunted in the morning, then went out in the evening, you know, and ended up hunting or it was, I killed the buck in the morning, then went into work in the evening. Yeah. But I've set up a schedule that I can hunt almost every single day, you know, during the season. Yeah. That's um, perfect. Yeah, and so it's, I mean, from that from that standpoint, I mean, you know, I'm I'm lucky, you know, and I'm really fortunate to have a lot of time to, to really dedicate towards it. And yeah, yeah you I mean, can do your research. Yeah, I mean, with I mean, without having that amount of time, it's like I I know I wouldn't be you know, as successful. I mean, I still feel that I've learned a, a lot where I would be successful every year, but I wouldn't have the success that I've you know consistently been having all the time because a lot of it comes down to time spent in the woods. Right. And I think to kind of circle back to something that we were talking about earlier is that. I used to spend, as we you know, we talked about, a lot of time getting that tunnel vision, right? Yeah. I would hunt yep. Not only one area, but I would always friggin' hunt too. Now I've shifted to I actually spend even during the season I still spend a lot more time scouting, especially in September and October, than I do hunting. I may go into a piece of woods, like you know, with a stand uh, or with a, you know a saddle, um, depending on the the type of setup where I'm going, and I have my bow in hand and. I may never even climb up a tree because I'm just, I'm still scouting during that time frame, And it's like, there's no point for me to go and set up in a tree. It's like, unless I'm like, okay, I'm fucking killing something tonight. Like, right. Unless you know right. something's there. Yeah. There's no point. Right. Right. You're, yeah. not, wasting, you're, you're not wasting well-used time. I think Kevin, yeah, I mean, Ke Ke sorry. Uh, I think Kevin plant, you know, touched on that too. That was like what his like hot tip was like, you know, uh, scout more, hunt less. And it's absolutely right. But I've also, yeah. like, part of it is, like, I don't know if you follow Dan Infault at all or whatever, but his oh, yeah. is, like, you know, yeah. just be mobile, you know. And he, he likes those swamps and stuff. So, you know, if we didn't have time to set up cameras and we don't have anything patterned and we didn't see anything that was, like, you know, a target buck like you're talking about, it's, like, find that, find, just go walk in the woods like you're saying 
go yeah. find a spot that looks hot and like kind of fresh sign early October, maybe when they're starting to tear shit up and, you know, set up. So are you, are you running and gunning like that? Or are you, are you strictly just running cameras? So, I mean, I'll, you know, if I, if I go out, I'll have my, um, I'll have my backpack. I'll either have a lone wolf stand or I'll have, you know, a tethered, you know, saddle with me. Um, then from there, I always have cameras in my backpack. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, usually I have a binocular, you know, set up because especially if I'm trying to, you know, target, you know, you know, big bucks, it's like, I have, uh, like on my chest, a you know, like a binocular harness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I can, you know, look and see stuff, you know, up in front of me. A lot of times I don't even carry my bow. I mean, the bow will be on my backpack. Um, I'll, if I'm, you know, having like, let's say like a climbing tree stand or a lone wolf with stick set up, I'll have that on my back, the backpack on that. And then my bow on the back of the backpack. Right. Um, because at this point, like I'm not planning on sneaking up on, you know, on some giant in his his bedroom. Like it's, it's not going to happen. They're, they're in there for a reason. So, I mean, I can't even think of the amount of times during hunting season that I've been walking around that I've seen like a, a, a big buck that I could have that could have launched an arrow at. I just I can't even remember a time. Right. Like, yeah. <clears throat> so the amount of time that I spend in the woods, it, it's a waste of time to carry around that bow and think about trying to launch right. an arrow at something. So if something comes by, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I'll have it, you know, like on. I'll have it with me. But at that point, it's it's just becoming a scouting mission. Unless I really, you know, see something or, or get a good feeling. But I've even now learned that it's like it's the more time that I can keep walking and learn a little bit more and a little bit more until I then find a spot, put out a camera and I put a camera there because I believe it's, you know, it's a spot where I, I could kill something. There's a right. good chance of it. And then I may come back, you know, and, and hunt it depending on what else I have going on. Um, and so that's where, I mean, but those are, you know, I guess kind of, you know, learning new areas and even sometimes the areas where, um, cause within this chess game in the areas where I'm planning on, are trying to target killing a buck. I may hunt spots of that piece of woods, where I'm not actually trying to kill him. I'm almost trying to like cross it off the list and have him think that's where I'm hunting it. If that makes sense. I'm almost purposely trying to fuck up that spot. Yeah. Okay. I see what I, you're saying. Yeah. Cause the, if, there, if there's this one core area, right. And I'm like, okay, this is where I'm probably, it's, it's going to happen. Like, yeah. you know, I just got to wait to the right time. I'm not going to not hunt, but I'm going to go ahead and hunt all the other spots around it that like, I don't think I'm, I'm in the game. But it's like they're almost just like it, it is a waste of time. I'm still there. But There's if it happens, it happens type of deal. Yeah. yeah, right. But I'm almost but I'm almost teaching that deer that I'm I'm hunting other spots and other areas. So he gets even safer in that core area because he knows yeah. there's pressure there. Yeah. But I haven't I haven't gone into, you know, his area and I'll wait till the conditions are right. But it's like I'm almost increasing my odds in some ways because I'm forcing him kind of into right. that one that's area. So fucking smart. Dude, ones. that's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, pushing them into this spot. You uh, know, you know, this is this is where I want I you to be. Them, yeah. You go in there, and then I'll come find you. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> once they can get comfortable, you know, in those certain you know certain areas, then it makes it a little bit easier for you. So that's where I'll hunt, and I'll try to scout and see what I can learn. But it's like I'm not actually probably plan on you know killing killing him or anything else there. Right. Over your Never years, heard anyone say that? Yeah, I know that. I mean, that's... I've heard it. I mean, I've heard it. On, I listen to a shit ton of podcasts, so it's like I mean, I've I've heard that stuff. But then it's it's hearing it and then actually applying it. Or, or it's, right. it sometimes takes a while, yeah. you know, to actually start doing it. I was just gonna say something. I forgot what I was gonna Sorry. say. No, yeah, you fucked me all up. <laughs> oh no. Um, like so, over the years of just you know trying to locate these bucks, is there any kind of uh, similarities or patterns to where they're gonna be? Is it like 
swampy? Is it going to be sprucey, hardwoods? Where is there any like conjunction with any of that, or are they all different? I mean, it, it's all different, and usually, I mean, the similarities. It's it's where there usually isn't going to be. You know, it's like hunting pressure, I guess. Because I mean, I've killed some that have been. <clears throat> I mean, I mean, they're. I mean, they're basically walking and skirting people's, you know, yards. Well, that's like, what that yeah, Daniel Buck. I listened to the Big Bucks Registry podcast, and it seemed like that buck was oh. just like he was just doing whatever the fuck he wanted to do, mowing people's I mean, yeah, lawns. Like, he was he was a ghost to hunters, but it's like to people who lived in certain neighborhoods, they saw him all the time. You know? Right. Yeah. So it was just like weird. It's like you know how it's like they know it's like what's hunting pressure and what's not hunting yeah. pressure. I mean, there's another another buck that I killed. It's like that, you know. That was, I mean, it was it was it was close to a school, you know. And it's like, I mean, literally, it's like there was, you know, you know, sports fields and stuff like that. It's like where this deer would bed down and live was near. It's like people, you know, running and screaming and kids playing and stuff like that. But it was, you know, it's like that's there. where he felt safe because he knew that nobody would cross that barrier. It's right. like you, you think about in urban areas, right? That kid may never even now step foot off the lawn, right? Unless. A ball happens to go awry and roll out in the woods. A lot of times people aren't going into the woods. So that is almost a barrier. It's like, so for a buck to bed, oftentimes, if you listen to obviously Dan Infault, right? You hear about with buck bedding. Well, they usually want something that's like safe at their back, whether it's water, whether it's, you know, like a cliff or something like that. They always have an exit, but they want something that like, that stuff can't sneak up from behind them. It makes them feel safe. Right. So that, that could be also a human presence that's a non-hunting human presence. Oh, perfect sense. I mean, because let's really face does. it, right? We all know when gun season starts, where do the freaking deer hide? Everything the, starts fucking changing, right yeah. behind the fucking houses. Yeah. 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 <laughs> In the rose bushes out back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... they gravitate towards the houses because they know you yeah, can't you get start you know, seeing closer. bigger deer in people's yards. You're like, holy smokes. Well, yeah, yeah, it's just like all the all the thick shit, all the thorn, all the thorns behind people's houses and everything. They're all. I go to my uncle. I'm gonna stop talking. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, you sure you getting up too much information? <laughs> yeah, you. I go there and I'm like, all right, I know uh, these deer are in this thickest. Uh, like you couldn't walk through it. It's just thorn bushes no, and garbage. But they're as soon as like like you said, as soon as gun season starts, they're just there. And then you bump, you blow them out of there. And then all right, well, what do I do now? Yeah. So. I mean, I really think you know it's like that's where you know obviously you know you mentioned you know it's like Kevin who I talk to a lot and for me it's been, I mean having you know Kevin and a, a few of my other buddies who I can constantly talk to you know about hunting. Mm-hmm. It, it helps us get better, right? Because you're always, you know, talking about keeping okay, it in your head. Yeah, it's and then by talking to people about it. I mean, even as successful as I've been, I'm learning by trying to teach others, right? Right. Yeah. So it reinforces what I already know. It's like by telling someone else that, and by hearing someone else's thoughts on it, it's like, wow, wait a minute, I never thought of it like how you do. Yeah. Then right? it works and, out. Yeah. Yeah. And when you have that type of, you know, like hunting buddy who you can trust that you don't want it, you know, you know they're not going to go into your spot, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> It's, it almost drives you too because there is that competition that we all have because we want to be successful yeah. whether it's within ourself a competition or it's like you know between you know a friend but it's like it's the amount of effort that you put into it i mean and that's where uh i mean i've pretty much always known it's like that i'm gonna be successful at some point during the season because the amount of effort that i put in i almost feel like it's dear karma that it's gonna pay off if you put in that much effort eventually you're gonna get the reward <laughs> So, but, um, so 
I don't know where you left off there. I'm sorry. So, yeah, I mean, we're pretty much just talking about, you know, just, you know, putting in the, the extra effort, I think, is really, you know, the point I was trying to make. Yeah. Is, you know, as I've said, I kind of ask myself, it's like, to, you know, drive myself because the getting up early during a season, you know, it's like, you know, hours and hours before it gets light to get and walk in a piece of woods. I mean, that stuff starts to suck after a while. It's right. Like there's a yeah. grind that goes into hunting season. But it's knowing that if you put in that effort, you're eventually going to get the payoff. You're going to you're going to get the reward. Right. And so it's, you know, whether it's the effort in the off season, you know, scouting like, you know, right now, you know, going out, you know, in March and April, spending the time just covering miles and miles and miles, checking out new areas. It's going to help because you always want like a backup to a backup to a backup plan. Yeah. A, B, and C, yeah. Yeah. Because if you're, if you're trying to kill, you know, a, a big mature buck, they have to be killable, Right. You can't just get that one nighttime picture or right. a handful of nighttime pictures. That buck, you're, you're in the wrong spot, or it's not the right – you might be in the right spot, but it's not the right the time. Right time. Right. So now you need to have somewhere else to go focus your efforts on. And that's where having multiple spots, you know, it's like if you can go check a camera somewhere else and, okay, wow, I'm getting daylight pictures here. Well, that buck's killable. Go hunt him. You may want the bigger buck somewhere else, but he's not killable right now, so you're <clears> wasting your time. Yeah. So that's some of the other things that I would kind of give for advice is that, you know, it's like you have to have multiple spots, multiple deer that you're hunting and try to hunt the ones that are actually killable. I mean, unless you're going all in on something um, because it's, you know, it's, it means that much to you. You've had that much history. Um, you know, it's like you have, you know, I, it's ours that caliber of a deer. Right. That, you know, it's, it's like, it's, this it's is all I'm doing this year. Right. Yeah. For it, you know, right. How many cameras are you running? You know, you all right. So I'm gonna put you in a situation like you find something that is like gets your attention. All right, I can kill this buck, or maybe it's a nighttime picture. I can't kill this buck. I don't know anything about this buck, but he's huge. How many? What are you in this piece? Are you looking? You're gonna set your shit up on old scrapes you saw last year, or like in the summertime? How are you gonna set up your cameras to try to figure out this buck? So what what time of year is it? Are we talking uh, now? Just I guess just roll through like summer. You're gonna throw a camera up. Okay, I know there's a buck in here, um, and then I guess yeah, go from there. So yeah, so I mean if it's if it's summertime, uh, as we talked about before, I've identified there's a couple leftover targets, right? Um, you know, it's like I mean, for instance, right now there's I mean a real nice you know three and a excuse me three and a half year old um that you know I'll, I'll say i let live last year it's like i had no interest in killing him he has a beautiful rack but it was just one of those that you know the season that, that i was having i i said okay i want to at least give him another year another two years yeah so i have him like on on my agenda um so it's one that i'm you know pretty much staying out of there because i've learned his woods and his areas i know where i can you know can probably kill him so i'll get cameras in there you know come come july to confirm that he's still alive um then from there it's like it'll be on where i've seen scrapes from previous years or if it's you know travel areas whether it's like you know a break in a rock wall if it's you know like a pinch point between you know swamps or whatever it is that i know that he has to travel through there at certain points and i'll get you know a handful of cameras out you know in in that area let's say in july all right so certain spots you're gonna go pinch points breaks in stone walls or you know whatever it may be little scrapes where this yeah, I mean, old be, sign so it could be where there's signs so it could be where there's you know you know scrapes that i know are going to be opened up again i know he's going to hit that scrape um just because i mean they'll do that you know year after year right um or if it's like other little connecting areas where they have to you know go through you know it could be you know like a pinch between you know houses it could be a break in a rock wall it could be you know a funnel like the way that you know a ridge comes off there's a cliff on it <clears throat> you know, i know he's going to come down from this maybe this clear cut or something this is where they're going to enter the clear cut 
they're going to come into a field in this particular area. Um, so I'll put cameras on those areas to kind of confirm that, okay, yeah, the deer's there. Um, I want to see what he has for headgear this year. Um, but so, but then I'm not necessarily like using that information other than to confirm that he's there. Um, and that I'm going to try to hunt the spots that I know from the previous year, where he's going to be, you know, earlier in the year, like the middle of the season or late season. Um, but then when it comes to, you know, finding, finding out more about new deer, I may put more cameras in those spots. If I have a really good feeling, you know, throughout July and August and focus more of my efforts in new areas to try to learn as much about it as, as I can, or I guess more so to actually get a picture of, of a really nice buck in, in that right. spot. Cause it may take me more cameras cause I don't really know where he's going to go or, or what he's going to do. Um, and then during the season, then it like, it completely kind of varies because there's so many factors that go into it, you know, depending on, you know, is there a, a buck that's a far level above the others? Because at that point, I mean, like last year with a big six, I mean, fuck, I had, I don't even know, like, I mean, I had a camera fucking every, you know, a few hundred yards. You know, <laughs> I'm going to catch this bastard. Yeah. I mean, I had probably, yeah, it's like, I probably had, I don't even shit. It, must, it was between 20 and 25 cameras. Like, oh, shit. really? It's a circle in this piece. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I wouldn't check them all the time. It's like, they were just there and it was more so a lot of them are, if I go near that area to, to hunt it, you know, I may, you know, check, check the camera. Right. Um, but it's like, but I knew what he was going to do and where he was going to be and where I was going to kill him. So if I didn't have to really check the cameras and yeah, I was using some of the cell cameras, you know, it's like this year too. But what I was doing with a lot of the other cameras was I was, I was expanding the search and putting him in, in different spots further out. I was like, okay, if I'm, you know, hunting, you know, in one area, let's say if we draw a straight line over the course of like a mile and a half or two miles, I know he's kind of going, you know, for the most part on that line and I'm sticking other cameras out in bunches like in every other spot to see if he's poking off into like a finger or or whatever yeah Yeah. I mean because yeah I I literally learned that he was I mean I I had pictures of him I'd have to go back and look so I'm kind of I mean bear with me I'm kind of making this up but like on September 15th I had a picture of him like um a mile and a half away from kind of where his core area was and then, you know, like the next day I'd have a picture of him two miles, like, I, well, I guess about a mile and a half to the east and then about another mile or so, like, north. And so it would be one of those that, like, he would be jumping around between all these different spots and areas. Right, he's not. And so by having, yeah, and by having that information, at least I knew he was there, but then I could figure out, okay, like, where is he not going? It's like, where is he not venturing into? Because then I can almost cross that spot off the map and say, okay, yeah, at least correct. He's now going into this little pocket of woods. He's been there. So I know if he's been there once, he's probably going to come back. And so that's where running more cameras for him, I was able to kind of learn where he is going and where he's not going to and say, like, okay, well, if out of that big circle, if he's only using, you know, I think what has it been said that most bucks, you know, they'll only use 10% of the woods, 90% of it, they're they're never going to use. They're only going to use the 10%. So to try to figure out that 10% really kind of helps. Dude, that's fucking wild. You're pretty much that's just great. you're 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 figuring out <clears throat> like what his life pattern is before you even tried hunting him. Hunt that way yeah. you don't have to waste time to go in there during hunting season. You don't have to go in there and, you know, booger just it all up. Efficient. Yeah. Efficient about it. Yeah. Really, that's all it comes yeah. down to. Damn. 
I mean, yeah, it's like, I mean, if, if your goal, right, Tyler, was to try to, like, you know, take Lance off the face of this earth, right? You would, you would need to learn right, every guys, one of his habits. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's like, you learn where he goes, right? Like, yeah. where does he shop? Where does he go to work? It's like, what time does he come home? Like, you learn all those pieces of information, right? Right. And so that's the same thing that you can start to do. It's like, you know, with, with some of these bucks, is you want to really try to, as you said, learn their habits, where they go, where they don't go. And that's where cameras are a huge are a huge help to that. Um, but then, of course, you know, as I said, that's difference from rut spots. Rut spots, you just show up and you sit back and enjoy the show. And you know, hey, what comes through there? Because it's usually close to like doe bedding. Um, that's why most rut spots are successful because it's near, you know, where they're doe just coming, is. coming, cruising through, checking beds. Yep, those bucks will, you know. Well, of course, like most of us, when it comes to, you know, girls, if we're ever going to, you know, do stupid stuff, it's because the girl's involved, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey. And that's what... <laughs> we're going to sniff this uh, bed. <laughs> yeah. Shit, we're going to find the more girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, that's when, you know, if these bucks that have lived, you know, it's like, you know, the whole entire rest of the year, except for this one week, right, where it's a free-for-all now, they're going to start, you know, doing stupid stuff. Yeah. That's, you know, your rut spot. But the rest of the time, it's like, that's probably not going to necessarily be... A, a spot you need to focus on the rest of the season dude that's great info dude it's fun. i'm i'm just i'm thinking back on i'm thinking back on shit i'm oh, just yeah, like when you when you explain yeah. stuff it's like i can i can pop situations well the thing head. is is i've read and i've shit. i listen to podcasts and i read but for whatever reason i guess it, I, I can take some information I guess, I don't know, You maybe being local, local, or I don't know what the deal is, but when you explain it, it's like, okay, that makes sense. I don't know. All scenarios pop in the head. So you're yeah, like, so, so you go, all happened. the shit that you've done, yeah. you're like, oh, fuck, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you'll still, you'll constantly have that. It's like, oh, yeah. Be, I mean, I don't know how many times I've been out in the woods and like, I'll be like, holy shit, this is what that guy was talking about three years ago on a podcast right. that I listened right. to. Yeah. It's like, the yeah. light bulb goes off and yeah. it's like, wow. Oh, this all like, makes sense. I'm an idiot. Yeah. Like, how did I not like see that before? It's like I heard it, but it's like now it's like I, I know exactly what he's talking about. It makes sense. Right. Kind of answered a, an answered a piece to our puzzle that we've been struggling with the past couple of years. Yeah. So I don't know if we ever got that buck back on camera, Lance. Not this year. Well, I had I heard we had a huge eight on camera, huge eight, sick horns, and just very um, little drop time. What's the word? What's the word? Very symmetrical and uh, yep. had a drop time started. And I heard one guy opening day of Muzzle Seasons came in and said, uh, "There's a there's a drop time ten in there that we were thinking maybe the next year that could have been in, but we didn't get a single picture of him at all for that whole next year. He kind of just moved out of that whole piece. Yep. So where that deer went, like I I, mean, I guess like it is a question. Do you notice? Um, if you're following a deer, say you start off, you start him off at two, and you kind of got all his locations down. Do you see him skipping one of those locations? Uh, you know, I've, a, I've a only seen that. Yeah, I've only seen that once, and that was the buck that I killed in 2015. Um, that was so where I originally got pictures of him. He was there like 11, 12. He was there 13, um, and then uh, he. So he wasn't really there much the end of 13. I think something did happen. Um, I don't know if that's the year that he ended up getting shot, but I did pull out of the base of his neck, the top of his shoulder. We pulled the bullet out of him. So I don't oh, know if that shit. was the year that he got shot. Yeah, I mean, wow. I mean, it's like if that deer could freaking talk, right? Ten and a half years old. It's like I bumped into people. It's like who had said, 
I mean, one guy said once he saw that deer walking in the snow and had his bow, and he had such buck fever of watching this deer walk by him at 20 yards, what should have been a chip shot. He said, I was so cold and had shaken so bad and had so much adrenaline, I couldn't even draw the bow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, somebody else had told me that they, you know, that they, you know, fired at him one time, um, completely missed. Um, Then obviously somebody had shot him. I'd hate to be that freaking guy. It's like, you know, it's like, he is gone. Yeah. They would skip a year, then all of a sudden the deer would be back in that same piece. Yeah. So he. So he wasn't there at the end of 13, um, and then 14, um, he ended up, there was somebody that camped out and had started a fire there. It's like in the, near, me? oh yeah, no, near no the freaking Buck's bedroom, a guy had camped out and started a fire, and I showed up, uh, uh, Camped out, like, setting up a tent, camping. tent and shit? Camping, yeah, like, no, he, shit. Yeah, it's it's a freaking stupid story, but yeah, it's like, <laughs> when I came when I came cruising in there, um, it was because uh, what Halloween I think was on like a Friday. So this would have been in 2014. Did I we get Hall- all the snow on Halloween in 2000? No, sorry, that's no. a couple years back. Never mind. No, so so this um, this basically though. Uh, so I remember like <clears throat> I had gone the night before when I was leaving. Like I saw a random headlamp. And so I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I hope it's not, you know, freaking another yeah, hunter in here doing something yeah. or whatever. And I'm like, fuck. So I left. I come back the next morning, and all of a sudden I see, like, a big glowing orange object. And I'm like, did somebody put a pumpkin out here? Like, what the no, fuck sure. is this? Like, because Halloween was the night before. And then as I get closer, I hear music playing. And I'm like, what is going on? Fucking <laughs> guys. <laughs> He's sleeping out there? He's sleeping in your stand. His old lady got I kicked. Mean, old lady kicked him like, out. Yeah, no shit, huh? <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was pretty random. And he had just said, you know, hey, looked on, you know, Google Maps, wanted to, you know, just go someplace random and picked Halloween night to go on a camping trip expedition. And, I mean, obviously, <laughs> expedition. I, was <laughs> I was ready to throw up on myself. I'm so freaking just like, you've got to be shitting me. It's like, this is four years of hunting this buck. And, like, I had him dead to rights the next day. And, it, you know, it was opening day of muzzleloader at that point. And, uh, and this guy's here, you know, partying and camping out and I couldn't get mad at him though. Right. (laughs) You know, it's like, well, it's like, yeah, it's, well, not even that. It's like, you know, he was like a nut, like for loving the outdoors in a different way. You know, it's like, I'm out here hunting and it's like, he just loves the outdoors and camping and this type of shit that he's literally random shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's in this spot. It's like where you wouldn't ever expect to see anyone camping out. Like, and so, um, so that screwed that up and that, yeah. So that deer wasn't there again. And then, uh, he had, in this other bedding area um he hadn't so he hadn't pretty much been there for almost two years and then wow. he showed back up in 2015 as soon as he did i was like it's it's game on like i, I know he's he's done now so wow. so say so you find a say so you find a nice five-year-old deer in a spot skips a year are you gonna are you still gonna hunt that same spot are you gonna still scout that same spot that where he skipped a year or and so just hope I would he say comes back the next year if you did. I would say killed. it's very rare though for them for them to skip a year like that. It's it's, okay. it's, prob- it's probably it's probably more likely. Happen. Yeah, something would have had to happen. That's an, you know a different you know type type of scenario. But just them kind of going about their normal business, they're gonna do the same thing and be in the same spots every year. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure you guys have heard this from other people talking that like as they get older, it's almost like their core area kind of shrinks down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I. I have seen that they do get whether it's shrinking or it's just they tend to get like more comfortable in certain areas than others. So they just where hang you out learn, more. yeah, where you learn to hunt them, they'll be more prevalent there. I still think they go off and check the other spots and go there, but they're going to stay more in those areas because most of like a deer's behavior, it, it's learned behavior. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I've seen deer. It's like when I'm tracking the snow, like you know, up in Maine, some deer they'll you know they'll go ahead and they'll they'll 
walk, you know, they'll walk and then they'll back up on their tracks and then they'll hop over like a blow down tree or like a rock or something. Just to and, throw you off. Yeah. And so they'll keep yeah. doing that though, time and time and time again, where other deer, it's like, well, you know, find a, a brook, you know, and then, you know, it's like walk down the brook and come out of it. They won't backtrack. They'll go in the brook and come out. Right. Um, other deer, it's like, will freeze sometimes and like hope that you don't see them in thick cover or other deer bolt. And it's, it's because they learned, whether it was from another hunter or from a coyote, that's how they learned to survive. So they keep doing it. They keep repeating that same thing over and over again. Yeah. So, so certain deer learn certain behaviors that right. help them live to that age. And once they get to be, I would say, probably three and a half and make it through you know, the season at three and a half, at that point, they've learned how to live and survive in those woods. So it takes somebody coming in and doing something different to have them slip up because they're not going to get killed. If everyone just keeps doing the same thing. Right, exactly. No, that's right. an awesome and, I mean, point. I, I can't think of a clearer, you know, scenario <clears throat> than when I hunted a piece of heavily hunted, heavily hunted public land in Massachusetts this year. And, I mean, I looked at it on the map and I said, okay, this is where normally you'd think to hunt here, here, and here. These are great looking spots. Like, perfect, you know, it's like, you know, pinch Pitch points. perfect, yeah. Yeah. And you show up and there's somebody hunting there. And it's like, well, wait a minute. It's like these deer, it's like, you know, and everyone else thinks the same thing. So these deer aren't going to be in these areas. So I said, okay, where the fuck would I not want to go? And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Right next to the parking lot, there's a fence over there. It's like there's like a little weird back thicket there, but it's real small. Let me go see what's in there. Sure enough, loaded with deer, and there was a buck bed that was in there. And it's just, you know, and then I even at one point <clears throat> talked to guys in the parking lot who they knew who I was. And we got talking back and forth, and I'm like, all right, guys, I'm not trying to blow up your spot. I'm probably not going to be hunting here much, much more. But just for shits and giggles, can you guys tell me, like, on a map, like, tell me where you've hunted? They had almost all hunted the same exact spots because... Because it looks like court. good deer country? Yeah. 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 So so that's where it's like, when you start to, you know, kind of think about it like that, it's like, well, wait a minute. These deer now have learned to not go to these areas Those in spots. these spots. Yeah. And that's where other people hunt. <sighs> that's huge. Yeah, I mean, we don't have a huge amount of public land. <clears throat> no, I mean, I guess, I guess we do. Yeah, we do. We got but I, it does. I, I, I feel like it doesn't get hunted hard. Like, I feel like guys go in there, walk the trail, and go sit like on a stone wall and just like, you yeah, know, it's not a huge. But sometimes though, those can actually be really good spots because, as I said, the deer have learned, and all hunters, typically not all hunters, but a lot of hunters, they're typically going to do the same things. They're going to hunt the same spots, look for the same type of things. Yeah. So yep. it's like. You can go in there and you can be like, okay, well, these deer are now learned behavior to avoid these hunters by doing this exactly. stuff. So exactly. Find that spot. The box and do something different, and boom, it all comes together. Find that spot. Happens. So nice. it almost makes it easier in, in one regard. It's like, because you just have to go against the grain. Yep. Perfect. We're at uh, an hour 20 right now. Um, I, I just want to want you to, you know, touch base or, or tell the story of. Um, they're Bucky tracked in Maine this year. Okay. Because yeah, I saw the videos of that, cool. and I was like, oh, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> I love tracking, yeah. too, so that, that's my favorite. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think, you know, tracking, you know, is, for anyone who hasn't done it, uh, obviously, it's something that I would say, you, you, you got to experience it. I mean, because if, you know, absolutely. I think how, how Blood said it best, right? It's like, you love it or you hate it. I mean, yeah, correct. It's, if you love going out, I mean, it's like, uh, like, did you guys see the the video that Lee Libby did? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's fucking awesome. I mean, I get goosebumps when I see that when you I see know. that drone that pans up above the forest. You just watch him 
walking with his gun. He's just walking out into nothing, right? Yeah. yeah and, it's, and, it, and it's an adventure. And that's what I love about tracking. It's like because it's just you going out into the woods, and I say find the biggest piece of friggin' woods that you can and just send it. It's like you're just going out. Yeah, fucking send it. Your truck till it's dark <laughs> gang, <out>. gang. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll, I'll start off, right? You know, it's like, you know, with like a fanny pack, it's like, you know, a bottle of water or two bottles. It's like, you know, a couple protein bars. And it's like, I'm not planning on being gone all day long. Yep. And it's, I'm not and coming it's just back. an adventure. Um, so that buck up in Maine, um, it's around, you know, my dad's cabin. We knew going into this year, it was going to be a real, real hard year to try to find mature bucks because the year before we had gotten a shit ton of snow. Um, the deer at all, they had yarded up early. They all go to winning, winning areas up there and they got hammered in, in, in the deer yard. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'd heard all kinds of different numbers of mature bucks that got killed, but it wasn't good. I mean, they took a beating. So, um, so we had said going the season, it was going to be high, hard to try to find a mature buck. My dad, uh, he works at Bath Iron, at Bath Iron Works. Uh, he takes yeah. the whole month of November off and, uh, he goes up to camp and he, he goes up there and hunts the whole oh, month. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So he can usually locate obviously some giants. I mean, cause there's, you know, there's big 200 plus pounders up, up there, usually, you know, kind of all over the place. Um, and so this year he hadn't found really, I think more than a few tracks, that were, you know, what we'd consider shooter bucks. Um, so I knew it was going to be a tough year. Um, I had gone up there after having, you know, a lot of success this season, you know, getting the two with a bow um, in New Hampshire, then the one with a muzzle loader. Um, I was tagged out in New Hampshire, so I had some time. Um, I went up to the cabin, and I did a preliminary kind of scouting trip. Um, I usually take off, and I go up there on thanks, uh, the night before Thanksgiving is when I drive up to camp. Um, the last three days of rifle season, so Thanksgiving Day, um, that Friday, and then that Saturday is when rifle season ends in Maine. And then I plan on being there the next week for muzzleloader. The reason I choose that time frame is because in you know the you know what I call kind of the bigger woods of Maine, these bigger bucks are going to start just going on their long journeys. They're going to start covering you know <clears throat> 10, ground, 10, 12 miles in a day. Yeah, they're just fucking wandering all over the place. So uh, when I had gone up there, uh, I wanted to, you know, scout some, you know, kind of new areas, check out, you know, some different spots where I hadn't really been before. I was checking out where I left some cameras all summer long. They weren't really, you know, showing, you know, what, what I'd hoped to see. My dad had been up there hunting. He wasn't seeing a lot. Um, so I just happened to go, you know, to, to a different area um, and happened, you know, to cross this, you know, one brook and get into some woods that looked like they were a little more mature. They were a little more open because a lot of the stuff has been logged up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it's been so... Yeah, so it's, it's been cut. It's been, you know, some of it's, you know, they don't do a lot of clear cuts up there. A lot of it, you know, is, is select, you know, cuts. Yeah. Um, but still, it grows back in thick as shit. It's like, uh. so it's not really that good for tracking for the most part because it's you can't see, you know, down through the woods up in front. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, yeah. So um, so that was, a, you know, a couple weeks before. Um, I had come back up the night before Thanksgiving and had the, the stars were aligning. In the forecast, we had snow that night, right? Yeah, so, sure that. I, I, I got up to camp and uh, I told my dad, I said, you know, since we're getting snow all night long, I had said, um, you know, the, when you get up in the morning, don't wake me up. Usually we get up at 2.30 in the morning. Jeez. We let, yeah, we'll, we like to get up early, get everything settled. It's like head over to wherever we're going to hunt, get into the spot, get into the stand, you know, an hour before it gets light out, yeah. um, you know, and, and get settled in. But since it was snowing, I had said, well, I'm not going to go sit anywhere. Um, I thought he was going to get up, you know, and go out and sit in one of the spots he, he had been hunting. Um, so I had said, when you leave to go out, wake me up then, then I'll get up and get ready and, you know, start driving around looking for tracks. So, uh, so I wake up and I 
I'm looking around, you know, upstairs in the loft where the bed is, and it's freaking daylight out. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what in the hell? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, this ain't right. And then I hear he, I hear the recliner chair downstairs. I hear a creak of him rocking back and forth in it. I'm like, Dad, why the fuck didn't you wake me up? And, he, and of course, he's like, oh, I fell back asleep. He's like, I was, I, I got up, and it was snowing so hard out. He's like, I was, oh, I'm not going to go over there and, you know, sit in the stand, you know, the first deep snow of the year. Right. You don't move that much. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so he fell back <laughs> asleep in the chair. Uh, yeah. Uh, so then at that point I get up and I'm scrambling, you know, to get my gear ready. And I already had my plan. And I told him the <clears> night before he had said, you know, Hey Neil, what's your plan? I said, well, I'm just going to walk up and fucking shoot one. And <laughs> He's like, no, really, what's your plan? No. I said, no, I'm going to go No, I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah, that said, seems the easiest. I'm just going to walk up and fucking shoot one. It's like, I had seen, have you seen the mountain deer guys? Oh, yeah, absolutely, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so I had seen, you know, I had obviously seen the video that they did, the grunt buck. Yeah. Um, you know, just and then that's up. what they had said. Yeah, just walk up and shoot it. So I told my dad that. And uh, so I got up, I drive out of camp. And, I mean, the trees are just, you know, in all the camp roads. are just bent right over the roads. Oh, yeah beautiful just, I mean, oh it's gorgeous and yeah, i'm driving you know through through all these trees and they're popping up out of the way the snow's coming off them and it's you know a couple mile you know drive over there so i get to the spot where i wanted to go at this point it's got to be i don't know 9 nine thirty. park the truck get all my gear situated i'm running late um i walk down into this area where there's this brook and i started uh duct taping up um like at the top of my boots i don't know if you guys have ever done that before I duct tape my woolies, like, cause I wear my uh, my wool pants over my boots. Yeah, I wear them over too. And I just I duct tape them like to my rubber boots, so they don't like get all crispy yeah. with all the, that snowflake, you know, when they get all balled up. <clears throat> yeah. So, well, so what I've started doing is I've started like pulling them up higher, so I'll kind of pull them up, so like the bottom, you know, of, of my pant leg is around the top of. I I usually wear a lot of times uh, lacrosse Grange boots. Yeah. Um, I like the lacrosse Grange because they're a little bit more ankle fit, like unlike Burleys or something, where it feels right. like to me you're not really stable. Um, right. The, the Grange are more narrow, you know, kind of lighter boot. You can feel the ground underneath you a little better. So I'll pull them to the top of that boot and then I'll tape them um, at the bottom of my cuff at the top of the boot, and I tape the shed real tight with duct tape. The reason I do that is when I come to a brook, you can walk through it. No water is going to get into it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I was going into water up to my thighs and yeah, you would get through it and you know, your pants would be a little wet, but if you're boogieing through that brook or that river, it's not, it's not going to get your feet wet really. Right. Yeah. Right. None of that matters. So yeah. I get to that brook and I'm like, all right, shit, I got to freaking send it through here. So I, you know, tr- truck through the brook, I get to the other side and uh, I was planning on coming up to this old tote road and going to the left to where those more mature woods were. And when I got to that old tote road, I looked over to the right, and I happened to see you know, a, a track come across it. So I said, oh, let me go investigate and see what the track is. Well, I get up to it, and it happens to be a coyote track. Well, shit. Oh, shit, huh? I'm like, well, I planned on going to the left, and I'm, I'm debating, and I'm like, well, should I go ahead and keep going and see what's up this tote road, or should I go back down you know, and go the direction that I planned on? I said, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll just keep going. I'm already going this direction. Yeah. So I walk up uh, probably about like a half a mile further and just when I'm about ready to turn around and cut into the woods, I come to where there was this probably old landing area. And this is a real grown in tote road. It's all, it's like a four wheeler path at this point. almost. Yeah. It's so grown in. And I come to where this old landing (laughs) on the side of it and I see a set of tracks go across it. And I said, Oh, well, let me go up and see what those are. Sure enough. I walk up, 
nice buck track. And there was a pretty good amount of snow, so I couldn't tell. But by looking at the stride length, I said, okay, this looks like it's a borderline shooter. I said, you know, it looks like it could be, you know, as low as 175, 180 pounds. You know, it could be up to 220. I can't really tell because, you know, the way it's kind of, you know, filled in with snow out in the open. Yeah. So I, but it's fresh. So I freaking hop on it. I start going. I go probably about a half a mile. And I could see that it looked like it was a pretty good size hoof. I mean, not giant, but I figured it was right around 200 pounds. And it's zigzagging all over the place right off the bat. And I said, okay, this finally. Like I feeding? Using, was that? Like like feeding zigzagging or just like. Uh, I mean, it didn't look like it was actually feeding. Moseying? It, it, wasn't, it wasn't going in a straight line. Right. Kind of, you know, go this way and then yeah, go between. Yeah, way. he's not chasing a doe then. Yeah. And usually this time of year, I never see that. I mean, it's usually just a straight line and right. I don't friggin' stop. Yep. So when I saw that, I said, all right, well, this, this is what I'm looking for. And it comes up to this one little kind of opening between these two little, just these little hills, just these little knobs. And there was an opening between it where the trees kind of opened up. And I saw that that buck had come out and he'd walked around this one tree like five or six times. And when I get over to that tree and I'm trying to sort out, okay, which direction does this track go? Oh, there's an older track that comes and, you know, goes up that direction. Yeah. And I'm trying to sort it out. Dick. I, said, I said, oh, fuck. I said, he backtracked where I walked in. He came back the same direction, but he went, you know, kind of parallel to it, but off to the side where the tracks came in. Yeah. And I, when I turned around, the reason I said, oh, fuck, is I looked at that little knoll. That's exactly where his tracks were headed to. And I said, <sighs> I bet what he did was, is he came out meandered around so he could walk up on that little hill so we could bed down and look and down. see everything coming. Uh, Knowing yeah. if anyone followed his backtrack. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, shit, he was just watching me, you know, stumble around trying to figure out and sort out yeah. these tracks. Walk around this tree for six hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? So I fucking start up the hill, and sure enough, I see, you know, a big bear spot in the snow. Yeah. There's his bed, and you see running tracks bounding out of it. Yeah. I'm you like, only, oh, you only saw the. I saw so many of those this year. It's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, so that's, I mean, that's one thing that I'm still, you know, learning on from all the guys that I talked to, you know, they're real successful at tracking. They said, they said, you know, they always say, if I could have learned when I was younger, just to slow down and know when, know. To, and when to put the brakes on. Right. Yeah. And I mean, so, you know, at that point he's running, you know, and I said, okay, it's game on. Right. You know, now, now he knows, like, I mean, he may not known of what it was, but he knows there could be something in something, pursuit. I said, right. so this could lead to an all day, you know, me chasing him, at least I'm on a buck now. So at this point he's headed back now towards that tote road that I had kind of walked in on. So I said, okay, he's headed back towards it. Let me scoot down and pop out a couple hundred yards down the tote road, the direction he was going. But so if he's going, let's say off to the left, I'm going to go back to the right on the tote road. And so I come out in the tote road, and my, my hope was I'd pop out into it, and I'd walk up it, and he'd be standing in it looking back in the woods waiting for me to come out to exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. But no such off. luck. Yeah. You know, yeah. I come out to the tote road, I walk up it, and sure enough, he ran out to it, and then he ran down the tote road probably about 50, 60 yards, and then he started walking, and he cut off into the woods. So I start up into the woods, and I look up this little hill, and I said, all right, he's probably going to be right at the top of this hill. You still on his track? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, still on him. Okay. So when I came out to the tote road, yeah, I came out to it. I walked up it, and then I saw where he came out into it. He, he you know, bound down the tote road, uh, you know, probably, you know, six, seven leaps, and then he started walking down it, and then he cut off to the side. <laughs> so he's slowing back, back up. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah. he was already walking again, um, and he's going up this, like, hill. I could kind of look up the hill, and I said, all right. And it's, it's all softwood, so I'm looking up into hemlock and spruce. 
And I said, he's probably going to be at the top of this little knoll looking down on his back trail because we started walking all, all, already. And I waited. Um, I guess that's the one part that I left out. Was after I jumped him out of his bed, I waited probably 20 minutes probably. Okay. Uh, you know, like you hear, I'm, I'm trying to yep. start executing the stuff that you hear from the people. Oh, yeah. Right. No, yeah. Of, course. <clears throat> of course. You're putting so, it to to work yeah i mean you know if, if i'd had a sandwich i probably would have sat down and ate it at that point you know it's right. always here you know right. do something to occupy yourself yeah. Right? yeah so uh so i go and you know i i start up that hill and i'm i'm trying to go slow and i'm easing my way up there and i get to the top of it and no nope, he's not there he's still walking and uh it is a little flat and then it starts back up this another little knob and i'm coming up it and it's spruce and hemlock and as i start making my way up it I can look kind of up ahead, probably, you know, 30, 40 yards. It's kind of thick, you know, you know, green growth. I'm looking up through this spruce, and all of a sudden I look, and I'm, there he is, standing right there, broadside. And I just, you know, see see the turn of the rack of, of the horns that, that he oh, has. And he, shit. I mean, he didn't have super tall tines, but it was thick main beams. Yeah. And so I'm looking up, so I'm not seeing the thickness of, of the rack. I'm just seeing, you know, the kind of beams. They almost look like they go out. Yeah. I don't see the hoops that hook in. It just looks like a beam that kind of goes out. And I see that, and I said, well, he looks like he's at least 180 pounds. I said, you know, at this point, he's he's right broadside. And so I go and I pull up, and this is the first time I've ever hunted with, um, like, kind of an AR-type style platform rifle. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have, it's a Sig Sauer a 716 DMR Gen 2. So it's uh, essentially like an AR-10 almost. It's, uh, it's a 308 caliber. 308, you know? yeah, that's what I'm going to ask. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so I have a, I have a scope on it. So I, I pull up on it and I have them in the scope. And at this point, like there's one little blur of a branch, like in the scope, kind of the sight picture. Right. And yeah. I see that and I said, oh, I said, I can't touch it off. Cause I don't know, you know, if I'm going to hit that branch or not. I don't know if it's close to Is me or close a red to red dot so or like, are you running, uh, what are you running for a scope on that? Uh, so that was, it was, uh, it was a Sig, uh, Sig Sour Whiskey 5. Um, so, so it's, that was, it's a red dot scope though. Uh, it's a three by 15 actually. Okay. Um, so I, I had it on three power though. Yeah. Um, right. And the thing that I love about it, um, I don't know if you guys have ever, you know, shot or looked through a scope that has, uh, like a, so it has crosshairs, but in the middle of the crosshairs, it has like a little red dot. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I have. Yep. Oh, I freaking love it. Cause for quick, you know, like target acquisition, your eye just goes to that little red dot in, in the center of the crosshairs. Yeah. Pick it up and pull. Yep. So, yep. so at that point, I picked it up, you know, and I'm on him, and I'm seeing that one little teeny branch, so I said, oh, shit. I said, let me just go up on my tippy toes to see if I can get over it. So I got the gun shoulder, I kind of go up my tippy toes to look up over that branch. I said, yep, I don't see that blur in the scope anymore. I said, so I, I should be good. I should be clear of it. And I go ahead and touch it off, and I see him just hump right up. And at, at this point, he must have turned while I'm trying to get resituated from broadside to kind of almost quartering towards me almost facing me yeah um because when i saw him kind of hump up um he was more facing me at this point versus right broadside, and my head is just ringing at, oh, at this bet. point i mean because the muzzle brake that's on the end of this thing yeah uh, holy shit gives you a headache <laughs> the best way i can describe it is you know like when you watch a movie and there's the battlefield like oh you know, like yeah bomb goes just, off it's like, it's like blank yeah, yeah. <laughs> that deafening report is going like through my ears at this point. Yeah. And, and he turns and he starts running almost towards me, like off my left hand side, he's coming off this knoll barreling down towards me. And he runs by me probably about 10 yards off to my left. And at this point, I mean, I'm pointing the gun at him, but my head's ringing so bad. I'm like, I'm, I don't want to shoot this freaking gun again. I'm like, fuck that. I'm like, that. Hopefully I hit him. <laughs> oh, I mean, I knew I hit him. I mean, when I saw him freaking hump up, I'm like, I knew I freaking walloped him right. pretty good. 
So at that point, I'm like, no, fuck it. And so he ran by me, and I heard him kind of go, you know, crashing by me. And so I said, okay, well, let me walk up to where I shot. So instead of walking, you know, 10 yards off my left, I just walked up to the top of the knoll where I shot. I walk up there, and I start following it down. And then, uh, I mean, he only probably went, I don't know, past me. He probably only ran another 30 yards past, past where I was standing. So he had come the 40 yards on the top of the knoll, cruised by me. And as I'm walking down, I'm not seeing any blood in the snow. But I'm like, I don't know. It's like it freaking happened so quick. I mean, he covered that span and you know, all two yeah, seconds. Two, right, two yeah. Jumps, two yeah. jumps and he's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm seeing his dig marks going through. I'm not really seeing any blood in the snow. And then finally I see just a little bit of blood in the snow. And I look up. And the first thing I saw was a spruce tree that was, you know, I mean, I don't know, about the you know, thickness of your thigh around, you know, decent spruce, not yeah. huge. And he went head first into that spruce. You see is where his head smashed into it, and the bark on the spruce tree was all ripped off fresh, like where his head, we plowed into it head first into that spruce tree. Holy shit. And then <laughs> that catches my eye. You see his tracks run right into it. And then on the back side of it, you could see where he hit it head first. He had spun around and then fell down and was underneath the blowdown tree, like where his head's underneath Holy the blowdown right there. Yeah. Wow. And and so at that point, I mean, because it was just you know moments after it happened, you can see yeah. his kind of chest still rising a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um. And but then you could tell. I mean, at that point, it, it stopped and I came up to him and he was he was dead. And I'm like, holy shit! I grab a hold of his rack and pull him out and I said, yes. Yeah, it feels like he has a little bit of weight to him. I text my dad, and you know what the text said? What? <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta fucking walk up and shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, get the fuck out. He's like, come on. No, I'm, I'm serious. Sometimes you just gotta walk up and shoot him. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. That was awesome. And so, yeah, that one, uh, that one weighed 209 pounds. So that was a uh, nice buck. And, I mean, the, the cool part about that whole thing was not only then, you know, texting my dad, talking to him on the phone. Oh, yeah. Um, but then the we... Best part when we came to try to figure out, you know, the extraction mission of how do we get them out? Cause it was, I mean, it was probably almost two miles from, from where I'd crossed that brook to where you could get like a four wheeler. Wow. Um, I mean, I was exactly on the track from when I had cut his track to where I killed him. It was exactly 1.00 miles on Onyx wow. because I turned on the track from when I cut his track on Onyx to where I, where I killed him it was exactly a mile. Yeah. Um, sure. so, and then, um, I met up with my dad. We said, okay, well, to get him out, we should probably grab a plastic sled to make for easier dragging because it's going to be a hard drag you know, through the snow. So at this point, we were going to go back to camp, but he didn't have a sled back back at the cabin. So we said, okay, we'll drive back into town. Everything's closed this Thanksgiving day, but hopefully we'll find somebody at someone's house that, that has, has a plastic sled. sled. <laughs> yeah, I mean, start knocking on doors. So as we're driving out on the logging roads, uh, we bumped into to our, our buddy Brian, and uh, he was parked on the side of the road making a cell phone call. And sure enough, sticking out of the bed of his truck right beside his four wheeler is a big black plastic sled. Jet sled. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we pull up, and of course, he knows if we're out of the woods at this point. He knows one of us is dead. Yeah. yeah. So I pulled up and I was like, hey, uh, we're going to have to commandeer your, your sled there in the back if you don't mind. <laughs> and so he, he, he came with us. And that was probably, you know, the coolest thing is, you know, it's like, you know, having, you know, Brian there, you know, he's a good friend of ours. It's like my dad, you know, all as part of the recovery mission. And then uh, the video that you guys have seen is uh, Brian, he waited because um, he has he, he has some bad back problems. Yeah. You know, so my dad and I went across the brook with a sled, got the buck, dragged it, you know, that mile and a half or two miles back to the brook. And then Brian was waiting for us on the opposite side with a four-wheeler. So when we got up to the brook, I yelled over to Brian, and he started recording us as me and my dad 
take the buck across the river and wade through, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, the, awesome. the brook coming across. So that was, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's just footage too, that it's like, you know, you have these experiences, but that captured on video, you know, me and my dad trudging through that brook, walking across the water, right. dragging that buck. You can talk about crisis. it all day long, but to actually have the footage of it, that's something different. Making that's memories. awesome. Yeah. So that, that, that was the main hunt. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate it. We're at an hour and 40 minutes. Um, I guess. Yeah, this is definitely something different with everything going on. So. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say we yeah we didn't we this didn't talk about that. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Bear yeah. with us, everybody that's listening. I hope it comes out all right. And. Um, yeah. I want to thank Neil. Yeah, because yeah, this is the the first non uh, in person interview you guys have done, right? Yeah. yeah I hope it so. if it comes out like shit, then I hope you still listen. And if it comes out good, then no. that's good. You know so. what? It's good if you can understand. It's good content. There's a lot of tips. There's yeah. Much. No. Fine. This is the only thing we can do, you know. I know. Yeah, this is the only thing we can do for now. Neil really reached no, out no to me earlier this week, you know, and was like, "Hey, you know, I don't think it's gonna work out." And I was gonna text him that night, anyways, because my wife works in healthcare and just yep. doesn't make sense. So this is gonna be the new norm for a while. So hopefully it works out and um, we'll get better at it. But Neil, yeah, I appreciate you coming on, and we're gonna come on. Hopefully, uh, before hopefully this summer we before both season together, uh, get together, get a bunch of yeah guys in person that'd podcast. be sweet. We just all shoot the shit and have a cookout. We got a yeah. we, we got a new recorder set up so we can hook up a shitload of mics now to it. So that'd be yeah, cool. I mean, obviously, it's like you know, I'm glad we still got a chance to do it. I mean, I was pumped to come up, you know, and hopefully yeah. have a chance to meet you guys in person. Now you guys said you were going to invite some other people over too, and yeah. I was looking forward to you know getting getting a group together and you know just sitting around talking about hunting but yeah. i mean obviously hopefully we made it work you know d- doing this with uh i mean no, we're all this is there, you know, everybody's time right now yeah this is this yeah. is the way to we gotta do it now so i appreciate the time and um well, uh, where can everyone find oh you yeah now? yeah so i mean anyone can you know look me up on facebook that's where i'm most active uh you know neil pendleton just look me up there um i started an instagram not too long ago that's uh pendleton persistence um, so I do, you know, put some content on, on Instagram, but, uh, I'd say, you know, shoot me a message on Facebook. Uh, I mean, I'm open really. I mean, I get messages, you know, from guys all across the country, you know, asking for advice. And I mean, I try to get back to everyone. I mean, I love, you know, giving advice, talking, hunting, and I mean, through answering questions, I learn a lot too, you know, just sparking up conversations and, you know, guys playing scenarios by me. So at any time, don't hesitate to reach out to me and you know, anyone that's listening. So that's awesome, man. That's yeah. awesome. You do that for the public and. Well, you know, we appreciate it's just it for the passion sure. That everyone's got for the sport—it's crazy. Yeah, I mean that's where I say you know it's you know it's ha- having the passion, you know having you know the the persistence, you know, and all that type of stuff. It's like between between those things, it's like that's what you know is going to keep driving you to put in the extra effort and time, and then eventually reap the benefits. So absolutely. Well, cool. All right. Well, we're going to call it here. I'm going to uh, press stop in this recorder, and then I'll say goodbye to you guys. All right. Well, all right. Thanks again, Neil. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, baby, when we're together It's like Vegas times three But in the morning I'll know better Cause you're so bad, so bad for me Like a sip of wine 
Leads me to drink, you're my gateway drug I'm starting to think it's gonna take much more than Just 12 steps So call Betty Ford, call Dr. Drew Save me a bed, cause in a month or two I wanna quit you, girl Just not yet Yeah, baby, when we're together The only drug I need But in the morning I know better Cause you're so bad, so bad for me Bailing down the road past these city lights You got your hands on the wheel and look in your eye I ask myself, is it time to slow down? But the night's still young, we're full of gas Credit cards in my pocket with some living left in We got friends in the next town Yeah, baby, when we're together Times three, but in the morning I know better. Cause you're so bad, so bad for me. So bad, so bad for me Oh, you're so bad, so bad for me You're so bad, so bad, so bad for me So bad for me